Hi guys. Hi. Hey. Welcome back to Tea and a Spliff. Yes. What's going on today, ladies? Anything wild and exciting that we need to share ASAP? In real life? No, I feel like Yes, we do actually. You finished your third your treatment. Yeah. So okay, so update us please. Yes, updates. We need the four one one. Uh basically I got approved for my treatment. Went in for it. It was quite horrible. I feel like I've blacked out that part of my mind. Um, it was a mix of lots of morphine, lots of not really remembering anything about it. And tell us about it. Basically, I went into the hospital, had to. Um, she had brachytherapy for people who don't know. Yeah, so I went to the hospital and met with the anesthesiologist. And she basically told me, like, what they were going to do. Like, they were going to give me local anesthetic and then an epidural. And then they were going to give me something to, like, make me giggly. And then she was like, but if you need something more, we'll give you, like, something that will make you be in, like, a light sleep. Um. So I was like, that sleep sounds kind of good. Like, I don't really think I want to be up. <laughs> so then when I went down, because it's, like, in the basement, all the radiation stuff is in the basement. So I went downstairs to the basement to get prepped, basically. Um, and they told me that I would like go into the room, sit down, they talked to me, like hug the pillow and lean over, and then they would do the local, and obviously it stings a bit, and then they do the epidural, but you don't feel it. Um, and the first time, because I had to go twice. She takes a pull of her split. Yeah, I had to go twice because the first time it wasn't successful. They couldn't um, get it in the right position to deliver the radiation. Mm-hmm. So I had to wait two weeks and go back basically because of the, the trauma of the applicator going in. Oh, um, oh man. Because it, it goes, what does it go into your cervix? Mm-hmm. Oi, oi, Fuck me. That's too much. Yeah, it goes into your cervix. It's basically like, kind of like needles or like rods or something. It's like, a few of them it's like seven oh of them my gosh. and it like stabs into, stabs into your cervix but you know you're like drugged up so you don't feel it i didn't feel it because i read on google like people talking about it people were talking about it on google and like they were saying how horrible it was and how they were like fully aware of the pain and stuff so i was really freaked out about it but right so i went into the room the second time it was like a whole new team than the first time I went Mm -hmm. and the anesthesiologist was talking to me and stuff and then there was like (laughs) this she takes another pull of her spliff yeah there was this um, Jamaican doctor that was in there and he was like talking to me and just trying to make me feel at home as a Caribbean person Was was he fresh? no he was just like like you know we're gonna look after you you'll be good like, no but did he have an accent was he from jamaica jamaica no he was born in i mean he wasn't born in jamaica no he was born in jamaica but his family is jamaican so he like slipped into a weird little jamaican accent i don't know it's weird <laughs> but yeah so he was basically like you know uh we're gonna make sure you're good we're gonna make sure that you don't feel anything before we start the procedure like you'll be not so just relax it's fine so they were talking to me and stuff, and then I felt the local anesthetic, and obviously it stung in my back. And then when they put in the epidural, I felt it, and I was like, ah, like, this hurts. Because it's like, 
a very deep pain like in your spine and I was like uh uh-uh, yes. I can feel so then she tried to do like another local anesthetic and then oh. she had to go back in with the epidural oh. and at that point I could kind of feel it so I was like I can still kind of feel and she was like it's okay like the epidural will like kick in you'll feel like you get into a hot tub like it feels like warm it's enough. weird because with epidurals you can feel, but you can't feel yeah. the pain. You yeah, can feel you pressure. Can just like, yeah, you can, because like they'll touch my foot and stuff and be like, can you feel me? And I, I can feel them, but it doesn't hurt. Mm. So um, I told her that I could still feel because obviously I went through that anesthetic the first time and I was like, this isn't how it felt the first time. Like I could not lift my legs onto the table the first time, but the second time I could still kind of like wiggle my toes. My toes still were moving. And she was like, okay we'll just like watch it and see how it goes we'll do the test they have like this freeze spray that they spray on your leg to make sure that it's dead and she sprayed it and i was like i can still feel that it's cold am i supposed to feel that it's cold and she was like no we'll wait a little bit longer and then see and then she sprayed it again and i could still kind of feel it was cold but not as much so she was like okay well it's like kicking in and she um put me to lie down on the bed and they like lifted up my legs and then she gave she was like i'm gonna give you the thing to make you giggly and then she gave it to me and like clearly that it was not the giggle thing and it was the sleep thing because i remember nothing past that Mm. and then i woke up and i remember feeling like so confused and heavy and like the first time i didn't feel like that the first time when i woke up and they told me that it didn't work i woke up and i felt like (coughs) sorry choked on like some saliva but I I I woke up and I felt like if I was in a sleep like I could remember the dreams I had and I felt kind of groggy but I was like mostly present but this time I was just like completely confused about where I was and I woke up like what's happening how many hours have passed like where was I and then that's when they came and told me that basically when they started the procedure I was moving my toes and they could tell that I could still feel what they were doing so then they had to just put me under general anesthesia your body just doesn't want to be knocked out properly. Mm-hmm. Your body just doesn't be... want any of this to be yeah. happening. Yeah, I think it's just rejects it's everything. Fed up. It's just like I'm done with this. Like this is too much. So I still was apparently feeling. So they just knocked me out, and that's why I felt so confused. So then when I got up, um, oh, you can't sit up when you have brachytherapy because you have the thing in you before they do the actual radiation because they have to connect it to this applicator thing. It's all very long, but um. So I woke up and they were like, we're going to hook up to the morphine and we are going to let you compress it every five minutes and you will be fine. She takes a pull of her split. <laughs> the commentary is dead. Yeah, so I had the morphine and like the first couple of times you press it, you don't really feel it. It doesn't kick in yet. But then when it kicked in, it was like the whole room was just flipping. And I was like, what's happening? So basically they told me like, we're going to leave you in the recovery bay and then we are going to bring you back out and we'll do the first dose of radiation. So I was like, okay, cool. So I just had to stay in the recovery bay and they like brought my phone to me and I could like kind of message. Like I couldn't really see anything. I wasn't really making sense talking, but I could message and tell everybody like, yo, I'm alive. So then I got the first dose of radiation. I had to go down into the basement again and they like put on Netflix. <laughs> like, you can just relax for a bit. Um, oh, we'll nice. set you up. So I was just in there chilling and then... They did it and it takes like five minutes. It wasn't really anything. And then I had to go up onto the ward in the hospital. And I was like in an old lady corner. There were like so many old ladies in that corner. And they were just like, they were like all groaning and moaning. And like, I was just like, what is happening? And then day two, I had two rounds of radiation. Um, 
so I had one in the morning and then one in the afternoon and then I basically because I couldn't eat or anything I like came back upstairs and just drank like juice and then just was in and out of sleep because obviously I was still on the morphine so I was like not even hungry because I was mm-hmm. not present and then the Wednesday I did it in the morning and the Wednesday is when like everything traumatic in the hospital happened like the lady next to me died in the morning before i went downstairs oh fucking hell mate and literally the nurses went to check on her and then i heard them come out and they were like i think she passed and then the head nurse went to like chat and she was like okay yeah and then i heard them and they were like talking to her like if she was alive while they were getting her ready to go downstairs they were just like sorry we're gonna have to close your eyes now sorry we have to like roll you over and they're talking to her and I'm just like, this is very weird to be like listening That's to. That's nice though. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. so nice. And then after that, um, one of the nurses looked at the woman directly in front of me, like across from me. And she was like, she is not gonna make it. We need to call it her family to come and talk to her and whatever. So her family came in and we're talking to her. And then I literally heard when she died, like I heard when they turned off the machines because she was like on a breathing she was like on oxygen and stuff and I could yeah and I could hear all of that and they turned it off and like I heard when she died and I heard like her family talking about her jewelry and what they wanted to be done with her and like I could hear all of that and then obviously the nurses came in and they spoke to her the same way they were like telling her sorry and that they're gonna get her ready I'm just confused so you were in a ward where people would die do they not have certain wards for more critical people but I don't know how that worked that's crazy that you had to were the people that died people who had radiation? Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they had radiation. I know that it was just a, it's a cancer ward, so everybody on the ward had cancer, and some of the women, because I I think that the woman next to me was on like just bedside care, like she was gonna die. Mm. Um, the lady across from me, I don't think they expected her to die, but they like saw it happening, and then the lady in the corner died in the early hours of the morning. Stop it. I, I can't. This is wild. I didn't... <laughs> okay, this cool. So you're in hospital having this mad situation happen to you and literally every single person around you died. Great. Lovely. Love that. Really fun. Oh yeah, my so gosh. Basically, it was just like everybody dying and I'm having this thing done to me that's like, oh, and then on that same day, like everything was just falling apart that day. So I'm like freaked out because I can hear all these people like dying around me and it was making me think about myself. I'm just like, oh my God, like what's happening? And then they ran out of morphine, well they didn't run out of morphine, but the morphine I was on finished because it's like a hundred presses per bag. Mm -hmm. So the morphine finished and they didn't have an anesthesiologist there to change it because it's like a special drip that they have to put you on and like program and press all these buttons and stuff. So they were like, okay, well, we're going to give you, um, like, just normal oral pain meds until we can find somebody to give it to you. Now, obviously, like, that was not going to help me. Like, that was not strong enough. So it got to the point that I was just in, like, it was this hot pain. Like, if I just had, like, hot knives stabbed into me. Did you tell someone that you were in pain? Yes, I pressed the, the button so many times to call the nurse. And I'm just like, I am in so much pain. Like, I literally cannot breathe and he'll be like oh my god oh my god and he would like try to find somebody and he can't do it himself mm-hmm. so he's trying to find somebody to do it for me and i remember um it got to the point that the the 
student nurse that comes in to like check your blood pressure and stuff he came in and he was like hi how are we doing and he was like being all friendly and i was like do not fucking talk to me <laughs> and he was like sorry and he just kind of like took it quickly and left oh man and then the nurse came back in and i was like i cannot fucking talk to anybody like i'm in so much pain get away from me and then he like had to go into a different department on a different floor and like beg somebody that was also trained in it to like just come and do it for me this one time and then obviously when you get put on the morphine it takes a while to kick in so like at that point i was just in so much pain and i pressed it like every single time the green button came on so i had like 30 minutes worth just like kicking at one time Mm. and i just like went on the bed and i was like ah okay <laughs> okay and then the the radiologist came to take me and they were like are you okay and i was like i'm okay no like we can chill out. and i told i told them what happened and they were like pissed and they went and told um mary what was happening and she was like i'm gonna write an official letter and then like the other radiologist came upstairs to speak to like the sister on the ward and she was like this is not acceptable she shouldn't have like felt any of that you know how this this operation is like mm. you can't leave her and then I got like an apology and like none of the nurses ever neglected me after that. And there was this one orderly that was like going above. I remember I came back my last day of treatment and that, that was the first day I could eat. And he was like, did you have anything? And I was like, no, he's like, lunchtime's finished. And I was like, it's okay, I'll just wait till dinner. And he literally went in the kitchen and found like three sandwiches and a mousse and a cheesecake and Aww. juice. And he was like, I brought these for you. Like, That's I know so you haven't cute. eaten in a while. So, and then he would like sneak me things that I liked from the dinner trays and stuff because you can only get one. And I was like, I wasn't getting enough drink. And he started like sneaking me the little pots of juice and <laughs> bringing the cheese here. He's like, I saved this for you. And I'm like, thank you. And. Um, so that that Wednesday was horrible and I wanted to leave so bad and I just kept telling them like and the thing is I was so high from the morning I'm not gonna mm. lie so you're just saying it when we finished when we finished the last bracky I was on the last pump of morphine mm-hmm. mm. and literally I was just like okay I need it and I timed it for when they were gonna take out the stuff because they like told me like we have to pull out the rods we have to pull out like the gauze it's gonna hurt brace herself and like one of the nurses was holding my hand and like rubbing my head and the oh. other one was taking it out and I was like I feel like I'm giving birth like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> what's happening so I pressed the morphine at like exactly when they were going to start it so it would like kick in mm. and then by the time I went upstairs I had pressed it so many times when it was like just bracing for it to come out that I was so high and they're like okay well we need you to like walk we need to see you operate so we can release you and I was like yeah I got this like I'm good I'm gonna go home and I had like told Rashad very confidently like you can come for me this evening I will be fine and I got, I got up and as soon as I stood up my head flipped and I just like fell backwards in the bed and the oh, nurse was just looking shit. at me and I was like that was an accident I'm fine and I like got back up and when I stood up I just started to vomit and she was like just just sit back down we'll try later and I was like no because it's almost late and like I want to go home and she was like we cannot rush this like we need to know you're mm-hmm. fine before you can go home and I just sat on the bed and I called Rashad and I was like I can't go home and he was like why and I was like because it's already late and I know they're just gonna trick me to make me sleep and then he was like well just relax like you don't need to come home today and I'm like I do not want to be here like yeah, people are dying the beep the machines are beeping it's dark like I just want to come home <laughs> and I tried so hard to look normal. Like, I was literally trying so hard. I was, like, sitting and, like, my eyes, I felt like my eyes were rolling around in my head. And I was, like, looking at everything really hard, trying to keep them straight. And I'm, like, I'm fine. 
the morphine is done let me go home and then i realized i was like nine o'clock and i was like they're definitely not letting me leave and then they were just like they turned off the light and they were like like so and i'm just like what i'm going home like my bags are packed so i had to wait till like thursday evening oh to get out oh yeah yeah, I had to wait till Thursday evening. It was so annoying. And I kept asking them all the time. I was like, do you think I can leave by 12? Because I'm going to tell everybody to come for me at 12. And they were like, yeah, you'll be fine by 12. And then at 12 came, and like the lady came to take the lunch order. And I was like, no, no, I'm getting discharged. Like, I don't need lunch. And she was like, better order it to be safe. And I was like, no. And mm-hmm. then I was there for dinner time. Like, <laughs> I was literally there for dinner. <laughs> do you think this is like part of something you like hide behind sometimes that like you always like try and convince yourself yeah. that something isn't hap- is happening or isn't happening and like it just it comforts me to think that my, my brain is stronger than stuff mm. so like i always have these delusions that like if i think this really hard it's gonna happen and i'll be fine mm-hmm. so like with the cancer i remember i was telling courtney that like when i first got diagnosed i was just like i don't have cancer like i'm fine and then I started to eat like alkaline, started to just drink alkaline water and all that. And I was like, well, when I go for this CT, they're going to check me and they'll be like, oh, nothing's there. So then I went, obviously, that's when they were like stage two. And I was like, okay, just try it harder. Because at the point, I had just done like the grape thing. Yeah. So then I went on to like only eating alkaline. I had like a chart of all the alkaline fruits and veg and like grains that you can eat. And I was doing it. And I was like, by the time I get to London, it'll be like a waste because I'll get there and they'll check me with the proper machines and they'll be like, girl, you good, like go home. Mm-hmm. And then when they were like, nah, it's actually worse than you thought it was. I was just like, y'all are wrong. Like y'all are stressing <laughs> me out, telling me all these wrong things like all the time. And I like sat down through, I sat down through radiation and through chemo and stuff. And I was just like, I'm fine. I don't even have cancer. Like cancer can't even kill me if I don't believe in it. Cancer is mm. a mind thing. Like obviously it's very much not. But I was literally going through treatment and still like, oh, every time they check me, they're just gonna see that there's nothing there. Like why do they keep doing this to me? And then I would make jokes about it, and that's like another thing. Like humor has carried me through it because I literally will just talk stupidness all the time because. Mm-hmm. If I make fun of you and you don't exist in my brain, like you cannot kill me. Yeah, they you exactly. Yeah, the dark like, humor helps everything. To be fair, yeah, I, I just feel it. like if you don't take it that seriously and you make fun of it, like you can't feel sad about it and you can't feel like scared about it because you're teasing it. But let's be real, you do feel sad about it a lot. Yeah, like obviously I feel sad about it, but I feel like. Even in the case of, like, me just being this delusion of, like, I don't have cancer, I don't feel like I really am ever sad that I have cancer. I feel like I'm sad about, like, having to have the treatment and sad about the side effects of the treatment and, like, sad that I feel sick and be like, oh, this isn't fair, I don't want to feel sick. But that's what cancer is. Yeah, but I never, like, mourn and be like, oh, no, I have cancer or, like, why do I have cancer? I never really think about cancer. I'm just, like... I know that I'm sick because everybody says I'm sick and mm. like I don't feel sick so I never really feel sad about being sick. It's only like times that I really sit down and think about like the side effects of it because the, the cancer hasn't really Wait but I'm confused though because you just said you didn't feel sick but you literally always feel sick. No but I feel like that sick is a side effect of the treatment. 
more yeah, but so remember than, before yeah the i know i was in pain i know i had pain but in my brain that still didn't even register as the cancer because it was just a pain in my side so i mm-hmm. wasn't thinking like this is the cancer hurting me so then when i started to get like nauseous and all of like my stomach was freaking out all that all of that was happening when i was having radiation and chemo not so much the cancer so i'll feel sad like oh my gosh this treatment sucks like why does this have to be me but i'm never just like oh my gosh this this thing could like kill me this thing is terrible yeah mm-hmm. it's just like all the sickness has been related to the treatment so then i feel sad about that yeah i think that's obviously what must be really hard about yeah. cancer is that like the treatment to make you better is the hot yeah because well, yeah. a lot of be people a lot of people don't even realize they have cancer until it's like about to kill them because mm. it's just like sneaky so you mm. never really feel sick from the cancer you feel sick from the cancer treatment because that's when like yeah you know everything and it's only when you get diagnosed that you're like oh my gosh is that why like my stomach's hurting because before that i'll just be like oh my tummy hurts like what's wrong with it yeah i'm so true i've had a few Mm. people or like around me in my life that have had parents that have just like got cancer and like they're fine they're fine they're fine they're fine and then they get checked and then they've got cancer and they die like six weeks later yeah that happens with so many people i've read so many stories of people that just like don't know they have cancer until they die. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I even I got my results from my smear today. What was that? They said that I've got like the HPV cells, but no normal cells. So that's normal anyway. That I think everyone them. has HPV cells to be fair, yeah. especially the generation before the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Like the generation yeah, right before that. the vaccine is like HPV is common. It's like eighty percent of people get it yeah and people don't realize how common it is yeah 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 definitely we all fall into into that bracket did you get the vaccine i got the that jab you had to have in your arm with hpv yeah i had that did you not have that oh no i i was the generation before so you didn't have it nope i didn't even have it it was a thing it came out like for the year behind me like when i moved up in school it was because you know it's like for 12 year olds it came out in barbados like right as i went out of that year yeah Yeah. well there we go i i think i've got hpv but you know what i need to go and get a smear test and i'm just putting it off and i'm obviously my mind was fine i didn't barely feel anything i was like it's fine you know some people yeah i feel like people make it seem really scary and it's not like those people have never been through pain (laughs) let's be real yeah i bet a bit afterwards but that's about it you gotta do it. You gotta do. To I mean, if healthy. I had to think about it on a case of you know getting cancer treatment or having a smear death, I'd have one like every day. Yeah, your pain threshold, like you've been through a lot of pain now, so it's like it's you nothing. know you can get through. It's like giving birth. Like when you've given birth naturally and you felt the pain, you're like, right, I can do anything. Yeah, that's literally how I feel. Like when people talk about, I just feel like I'm such an asshole. No, because people will be like, oh my god, this like hurts so much. I'm like, shut up. Have you ever felt pain? Do you know what mm-hmm. pain is? Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel all the time. Like even my mommy, she's so dramatic with pain. She's like, oh my god, child, I can't deal with it. Like you're so brave. You're my hero. I don't know how you get through things. And I'm just like, is it that serious? Mommy? Listen, she has mom. a point though. <laughs> I don't know how you do things. I just 
Like I'm delusional, so I get through it. I feel like I know how she does it. She doesn't think about it until it happens, and then she freaks out. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah that is you. Actually, yeah, I definitely freak out the night before. I like forced you to look at what brachytherapy was yeah. and like what it entailed, because she is like, no, I'm just gonna like go and see how it goes, and, <laughs> and, and like, then not was, read up about it. And we read it together, and it was like, yeah, you gotta have an epidural every time they give you the radiation. And I was like, oh, shit. and it's not even that. It's uh. like. Nemi and Nemi and I were like in the bed, and we were like, "Okay, we're gonna look at what it is." And I was like, "There's this girl on Instagram that posted about when she got it," and like I just haven't read her post because I was scared. And Nemi was like, "Let's read it." And literally every line was worse than the other. She was like, "Brachytherapy was the worst part of treatment. Brachytherapy hurt so much. I was in agony like, the entire no time. No positives. Yeah, and I was just like." Oh my god, what? I'm like going tomorrow. But you know what would have been worse, Jael, if you had brachytherapy in like Barbados or Trinidad? Well, you can't. But yeah, <gasps> Trinidad would have been the closest place to home that I could have gotten it. And I just feel like that was so scary here. And I was at one of the best cancer hospitals. Like, not even just a random hospital that happened to do it. I was like with the leading research oncologist and she was doing it and because like even she was like your cancer was so tricky i'm not even gonna lie she said that she literally spent five hours mapping my radiation because my nodes are like different sizes so you can't do the same dose of radiation to each one because you'll like Mm. cook my insides Mm -hmm. higher than they need to be um so she was like she had to try because the tumor is so big like she had to try to get the margins clear she had to try to get like each node with what it needs and then the tumor with what it needs and then for the actual brachytherapy she had to like look at where the applicators were and then make sure that like the radiation doesn't go to like my bladder or my bowels or like fry your other organs higher up than your cervix and she had to make sure everything was like the perfect kind of I don't know. Concoction. Yeah, like the, the perfect, perfect cocktail mix. of and she radiotherapy. Was like, it was hard because of the way that it spread to like actually get the radiation delivered to where it needed to be without ruining everything else. Because obviously your bladder sits on top of like <laughs> where everything is yeah. and your stomach and like the nodes were coming up into my pelvis and my stomach and she had to like try not to get anything else. Cook everything else because she was like you could get like urine toxicity you could get oh my like gosh constructed bowls you can get all these different things if she just like gave the wrong dose to the wrong node Mm. and i'm just like if i was somewhere that did not have the technology that i was able to get to what would have happened if i have like a more difficult claim because i have heard people at home that have cancer and they're they just had like the most general treatment like it doesn't sound like a personalized plan of like this is what yeah. your cancer looks like and this is what I'm gonna do for well, it. Well, even remember when we looked at that hospital in Trinidad and yeah, like everyone had died from like over radiation. Yeah, oh my god, we looked at the hospital that had like lawsuits against it, and we were just like, why cannot? And go that's there. the one they wanted her to go yeah, to. Yeah, that's well. the one they were telling me about, and I was like, I cannot. What the hell? I cannot do that. <laughs> like, nah, yo, so that's why you're here you had it yeah and it was actually it and was, you survived was, and getting better day by day yeah and the actual treatment wasn't terrible like it was you know on a case of one to ten i really freaked myself out that it would have been a 20 <laughs> so you know the 10 wasn't that bad in the end mm-hmm. yeah it was I, fine yeah. you dealt you got you. through it it yeah. didn't kill you yeah and like the epidural i'm not gonna lie still makes my back kill me yeah, right now 
Like, I'll be sitting up in the other feel like my spine is crushing into itself and I'm like, no, no, no. I need to sit down. Because let's think about it. In total, I've had three epidurals in the last month. Babes, I've had one. And listen, <laughs> when I heard that you had to have them, I was just like, well, cool. I <laughs> do not envy you because that, and <laughs> yeah. And now I understand why my mum was like, oh, I'm going to get you the best, best anesthesiologist. Yeah, anesthetist. Anesthetist. One of them. (laughs) Because I didn't obviously realize how delicate epidurals like are, like how you have to be and stuff. Because you have to go between your spine. Yeah, you could like get paralyzed from epidural. So then I had it, and obviously it was fucking painful. But I was already in like so much pain anyway, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. And then I was like, cool. You're not even going to be in pain, and you're going to have to have the epidural. So. Yeah, it was just it was just raw epidural. No pain to be running from it was the raw. only pain. <laughs> At least they raw. gave you she some got local. Raw. Well, the second time it really did not matter because I felt that that oh. definitely dug into me. Did you me. see the um? The yeah, needle. the needle. Ah! I, no, the thing is, right, when I walked into the operating theater, I'm so dumb. I sat on the bed, right, and I'm sitting out, and I can I can see in like the anesthesiologist lady. She's at the top of the bed, and she has like this this jar. She has a jar full of like injections, and the needles are like this long each. And then I saw the epidural, and obviously that's longer. And then I looked across the other side, and I saw the woman building the applicator, and it looked like a robot arm. And I was like, I don't know where to look because each thing looks worse than the other. That sounds like my worst nightmare. Courtney is honestly horrible. Like if you when you see it. I'm got. I might have to do this one day. Did you see the picture? Of the yeah, but when I don't you think I, I, I need to look it up. What a uh, epidural looks like. No, no, right, no, 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 brachytherapy no. things like. Yeah, I mean, what listen. the what the applicator? I should look up. See what that looks the like. The brachytherapy applicator. It looks like a tongue, but you know. Oh my god! No, I, I can said, only imagine. Being delusional definitely got me through everything because while I was bent over on the pillow, while I was on the pillow, like getting the epidural, I was just like. Not even here right now, walking on the streets of Paris and just chilling. Like, life is good. And it was fine. Why do you think, like, boys are the end of the world sometimes, like, when you're younger? Yeah. Like, when you have your first boyfriend, you know, like, I, I can't live without you. To break up, it's just like, what? It's actually <laughs> wild. That makes me feel so sick. Why are we taught that? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Fuck men. It's not even about them. It's about you. It's about yourself. Yeah. Like, why don't you just love really hard on yourself? Why are we not taught to, like, love ourselves unconditionally? We're really instead not. Instead of finding love in a man. That's so dead. I what? hate that for us. It's just, like, the way society's formed that, like, you know, you look for your person and then you live happily ever after and that's how life goes and the woman, you know, is the loving soft one. The man is the protector, provider. That's just, like, how society's built. Yeah, that's I hope what you're taught. It's like this generation, no, is not being taught that so much. But like, I feel like our generation growing up still was very heavily taught that because I grew up thinking like, yeah, I'm gonna like have babies, be a housewife, like it's gonna be so cute, like all the movies. Like I remember thinking <laughs> that, and then I was growing up, and like they were like, oh, you have to pick a career, and I'm like, career? I'm gonna be a wife. Are you talking about? <laughs> it's like wild. I get married at 24, and a boy and a girl and a dog, yeah. and I want to live here. Because That's literally that is... what you say. Oh my god, yeah. everyone says that. That's definitely and why what I said. Asking you what you want to be when you're three, 18... three years old, right? Three years old, like. 
Just let them be. Not even three. I remember being in third form and Barbados was 13. And you have to like pick your subjects that you're going to do for, for exams for like CSEs. And I remember they were like asking what you want to be so you can pick subjects to go there. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, I picked like art and French and like English and those things. So I was like, I like those things. They're fun. And then I didn't think about like, hmm, what am I actually going to do with these subjects yeah. when I'm done? I was just like, oh, art is fun. We paint. Like, no consequences in theater and whatever i didn't know what the heck i wanted like if you ask me right now i want to be like i have to like think about it a bit like yeah. it got more complicated obviously when you get to university you have to like narrow it down or whatever but i never had a plan to be like oh i'm gonna be an astronaut like yeah and that's why i like envy giselle a bit because from the time she was small she's like i'm gonna be a vet and then she just like kept at it and she's like i'm gonna be a vet i wanted to be, be a vet, vet at one point and they were like oh <laughs> you might have to put down an animal and i was like nope and it was like oh you have to be in school for seven years and i was like nope i'm good yeah fair enough man that's a long time and i don't even like animals that much now so (laughs) yeah Yeah. i worked out for the good just be putting on your dog for no reason she's like i don't like the way he's looking at me (laughs) (laughs) that's true but yeah that must have been that's like it's a hard place to be when you're just feeling so heavy with all your shit and then Mm. you want to just take you out you know what i mean yeah like it's because we're it's because society teaches us to be one way and that's not who everybody is you know what i mean yeah like you think you're supposed to have loads of friends and you think you're supposed to go out all the time and you think you're supposed to wear this to attract this person you think you're supposed to know what you're supposed to do at 18 and all this shit that you're you are taught that you're supposed to know when in reality like you don't actually have to know it and you don't actually have to do it you can kind of just do what you want within you know within reason within reason like if your morals are good if you're you want out of life what you want out of life is good if you're a, lo- a nice person a caring person then you can just do what the fuck you want tell them don't be so bogged down this comes after many many years of Severe depression. Uh, so that's where I give you that advice from. Um, I am also on medication though, so that's also where that advice comes from. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Nice. How was like? How's it? Um, because sometimes I know depression medicine can make you like worse in some aspects. Have you had that in point? When I was first on medication, I was on and off medication for like three four years because the the beginning of when you start is such a change like I felt a bit manic I felt like I then was very numb and like couldn't feel anything couldn't express myself and obviously like I'm a creative so when I feel like that I don't know who I am anymore you know um but then basically in the end coming off of uh antidepressants cold turkey which is what I was doing is very stupid and I don't recommend that to anyone but I did it a few times and like the crash is just madness and then I was forced to go on antidepressants during I wasn't forced but they I was like it was highly recommended that I went on antidepressants during my first pregnancy because you know obviously you're growing a child and you have to be able to like look after yourself properly. So then I was on it and I got through the first couple of months and I haven't been off of it 
it just yeah. I've like my doses have changed but I've been on it and it's been it's definitely helped me and I really yeah. I did try I remember when I was vegan that was part part of the reason why I went vegan was to help with my mental health but it didn't really help did no it? it fucked it up because it was an eating disorder thing so like you're restricting yourself to foods and yeah stuff. and then I was like out I remember oh my god I remember I was out with my boyfriend at the time. We went to some restaurant with his friends and I literally had a, like a fit, like I was crying. I was so upset because there was no um, vegan options. And so I had to literally get rice and salad. And I was like, I went, I literally started crying at the table. I had to go into the bathroom. I stayed in the bathroom for about 10 minutes crying and one and These his people. friend's girlfriend had to come and get me and just be like are you okay and like I look back at that moment in my life and just think what the fuck <laughs> like what the fuck it's not that fucking deep do you know what I mean yeah fuck. <laughs> his friends would have been like what the right fuck? Why I was this cry- chick crying that's but that's what I mean like I don't I actually look back on those years and realize how bad my mental health was i never i I knew it was bad but i didn't realize how bad it was because i was just making crazy decisions like left right and center i was just trying to survive do you know what i mean that kind of makes me think about myself though like her talking about that and being like that was mental health problems i'm like wait shit like what's wrong with me because i have fully had like these episodes i remember like i would be with mommy and like when I was vegetarian and when I was like not really eating the stuff other than alkaline when I went when I like changed my diet I remember I was like plotting on eating this one particular thing I can't even remember what it was but I like wanted to eat it and then mommy was like oh she's gonna make it for me and I went there and like I went like two days after she made it so they had like finished eating it and like the leftovers and everything and I like fully was crying, went in Giselle's bedroom, shut the door, was like sobbing like somebody died. And mom was like, Child, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm hungry, you don't have the food, so you don't love me because you knew I was coming here for it. And like, nobody loves me, I should just die. And I was like freaking out and it honestly felt like the end of my world. Like it felt like the world was ending. Wow, and- that's an eating disorder thing. Cause that's <laughs> yeah. happened to me so many times and it's because you're so fucking hungry yeah. that you can't keep it together. Like that's even happened to me like, Rashad, has fully monitored the things I eat and one day he was like oh um I'm getting food from my mom she made like your favorite because she had a like pie and lamb and he was like I made the food and like I'm gonna bring it home for you so don't make anything for dinner it'll be enough for you to take the lunch for like work so I went home all happy because I didn't used to eat at work right and I'm hungry and I'm home like not even having to think about cooking I'm like yeah I'm gonna go home and eat and then when he got there he forgot it on the table at her house <laughs> and I literally Felt like killing myself. Like, not even an exaggeration. (laughs) Not even an exaggeration. That is how bad it was. I was crying. I was like, you need to leave right now and go get it. And it was like nine o'clock at night. And he's like, child, I can't. I'll go for it tomorrow. And I was just like, no, you, I know you don't love me. Like, you did this on purpose. You made me get excited just so you can make me sad. And I like called his mother crying. And I'm just like, Rashad forgot the food on the table. And she was like, it's fine. You come for it tomorrow. And I was like, I don't want it tomorrow. I thought about this all day at work. And I was like, you Please can we never ever call me the most dramatic person? Because I think Jael tops me. That sounds you wild. You don't even sound like you. You know the person I see right in front yeah, of me here? Yeah, because that's this... not how I am. Like, it's just Wait, how old are you here? 
how old are you? This was, I was 23. Uh, I was 23. Yeah, but, this was like, like a other minute day. ago. Yeah, <laughs> just before she fucking left. <laughs> Yo, you're a waste. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get it together, girl. No, but I fully, I fully have recognized in myself that I have tantrums, and I try to like fix it. But I feel like I have this fucking spoiled child syndrome because, like. I'm not gonna lie, my father. I wonder what your me. inner child wants. I don't know, but like my father spoiled me. Mummy has said that like she had to tell him like stop peeling my grapes, stop <clears throat> wiping my butt when I was like three, stop brushing my teeth. Like I was very spoiled. I still wipe my kids' bums. They're older than three. You start to learn to wipe your own bum around this time, now. <laughs> but no, like he was doing everything for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> So no one needs to evaluate. I mean, a liar kind of does. I mean, they do, but not not well. Right. Obviously, you don't leave them and be like, do it yourself. You check. Just all I want to do is leave them to get on with it. That's like literally all I want. Go out into the wild. Yeah, like I taught you. Go fly. Yeah, so you have to leave them to fly. Like, yeah, I do try. Don't do it. Just be like, do it yourself. Yeah, but you can't do it at fucking. You can tell they're free though because they just don't listen. Yeah, he's fine. So just be like, wipe her on ass. I'm done. Yeah, I do, but I just get those like wet wipes there. Yeah, they'll like catch more. I do vibe at my house. They um, they have more poop. They're a vibe. They're a vibe. Like, I don't like them because then my bum feels wet. Yeah, and then you go back in the tissue again. Yeah. Uh, that's what I loved about I don't know if I'm going to keep this on about <laughs> Dubai and like Spain they have the spray it's lit it's because it's a Muslim country I know <laughs> you should, everywhere should have them gotta keep your butt fresh all the time I may get one in my house one day I mean I'm, it seems like a good investment though, like, right I'm down for just it just feel fresh AF <laughs> all the goddamn time <laughs> do you ever get butt sweat yeah, I think everybody, uh, I haven't sweat no. really. You don't get sweat in your crack, your butt. Yeah, crack. but I have to be working really hard. Yeah, like I don't usually get. I'm it so lazy. Like, when do I work really hard? <laughs> yeah, but what Probably about like in your the workouts? Gym. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do get the sweat. Yeah, line. I hate that when it's really hot outside and you have to walk somewhere and then your butt gets sweaty and it's like mm, this is not great. I hate when it's like your lower back. And like your shirt is fucking sticking to you as you're walking. That yeah, really bothers that is not me. The one. I kind of just don't really like sweating, to be honest. I don't sweat very much. I mean, I wouldn't choose to like it. I don't sweat very much. We literally no, went to I a Chinese either. doctor and he was like, it's not normal to not sweat. And he was like, how many times do you pee a day? And I was like, I don't know. And he was just like, you're not letting out enough liquid and I was like what do you want yeah because it holds in the toxin sweat is good because it lets out the how toxin. am I supposed to make my body sweat go I to mean, a sauna no I mean literally I've oh yeah go things, to a sauna but I've literally done things that like make you sweat because give me a list of stuff to do to try to make my body sweat and Giselle doesn't sweat either like listen we surely if you went sweat. in a sauna you I sweat. live in Barbados yeah I was just about to say <laughs> yeah you yeah. don't need a sauna in Barbados it is a sauna yeah I just literally do not sweat very much it's very weird Evolution and apparently babes. not healthy so yeah I mean I mean I hear it I mean I'm not that sweaty either I do sweat a little bit but not too much I'm not really a smelly person neither Fresh. You know, some people get smelly. Yeah. Yeah. Soapy. Yeah, that's not me. Men on the tube. (laughs) Not even men, women on the tube. Shit. Just people. Some people are And they don't realize their own smell because. How? No, but this is what I question. I question life because you. At some point, if the whole train carriage can (laughs) smell you, how in 
God's name. Can you not smell yourself? It's not even that. Like you can smell yourself <laughs> when you get sweaty. I know, like, but have you, you ever just moved get your used, arm? You know, you get used to things that you can't yeah, smell. But them the anymore. first couple times, can you not fucking smell it and correct it so that it will happen again? But like, if you're in a house with kinda... a dead body, yeah, can you just continue not smelling the dead body? Yeah, yeah at some point you probably, should probably. Can. No, you will fully smell it it's because like... at, at some point you'll go in and you'll be like, whoa. No, but, no. But listen, <laughs> when you have like say those air fresheners you buy. You smell them for a bit and then you don't smell them anymore and they're still going. That's true, unless you have like the puff ones that are like ticking off a clock. I know it's a different sense. No, but <laughs> yeah. that should, that doesn't it doesn't work for me. I always well, you can always ticking, hear the ticking. Always. Of the That's clock. why I can never have clocks in my house. Sorry, because always I always I can't hear the like, If my brain's on like, even music playing in the background, if my brain's on I don't hear it anymore at all. And then I'll have to like <laughs> clock back in. Well, maybe I've gotten better at it because I have kids and I have to zone out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah. before, I could not do a clock. Clocks would fuck me off so much. You'd be that girl at the sleepover where you'd have to remove someone's clock. <laughs> I didn't even Fully. know that was a thing. You were like that. That is me. Yeah, like when you go around people's house. I used to have, my, my stepsister used to come over and we used to have to take the clock out of my room. Yeah, because it's so annoying. Yeah, I'm that person. Sometimes I listen to the ticks and then it just makes me fall asleep as well. I, I like what? noise when I'm falling asleep. Like sometimes I'll pawn a YouTube video so it talks me to sleep. Like that's how I got into the earwax extraction. Yeah, things. but that's different because I do that too. Well, yeah. we were watching. Yeah, we watched earwax extraction. Have you not watched one with us? Nemi and I watch them all the time. You haven't involved me, no. <laughs> yeah, we do. I like it's it's really interesting. You I feel like I would find that. earwax like that. I wonder what my earwax is like. Well, we want to go and have a look, but I don't think I actually have that I much. I don't think I have any either. I have to. I maybe I could. You never know. You could be hearing stuff way better than you think. Possibly. But you would never know because this is life otherwise. I think that's what I want to be. I'm going to say when I grow up, but I'm growing up. I want to be an earwax extract. Yeah, but you, I think you have to have like a medical degree. You have to degree. have a medical degree. I googled it and I was like, shit. Okay. Yeah. Just for that. Because you you're like an ENT doctor, right? But what if I was just a street doctor like what they have in India when you just go to the street dentist and they just like hammer your teeth <laughs> off? Like, what? What, like those escalating. street doctors or nurses that give you fucking butt injections yeah. and put silicone in your nerves and then you die? Yeah. What, but you want to be one of those, that. yeah? I won't do that. Jail on the streets legit, of I'll India. <laughs> I don't know, it wasn't fucking India, but where else do you have? Where else in the world do you have street doctors? Just be in like an alley and be like, come. Yo, come you to could my... do that in Barbados, most probably, right? I'm yeah. not literally on the street, but I feel like you know. Have like a little. There's that doctor that everybody says isn't a real doctor in Barbados. I forget his name, but everybody's like into him, going to him. People like he has an adverts on TV. I don't know. Should just not get a lawsuit for you trashing his name. <laughs> I can't even remember his name, but I'm pretty sure people. I don't know. They'll know who you're but talking it might about. Just, it, but it might just be like rumors. I don't know. Barbados news is like never that reliable because people spread rumors. But I heard he's not a doctor. I don't know. What and he treat tries to treat patients. He has patients, but he's a doctor. Is, look, where does where does he treat them in his house? I don't know. Maybe he's an office. You don't have to be a real doctor to play an office. You could just rent an office. And be like, come in here, I'm a nose doctor. And then you just start doing shit with people's noses. That's fucked up. You're not going to (laughs) know. Imagine that. Yeah, but you have to, I'm surely. Wait, what Mm. kind of stuff do you, you just does like normal filler and stuff? I don't think he does cosmetologist, cosmetic surgery. I think he's like a real doctor. Because like obviously you don't have to be a doctor to do like the filler and stuff. Anybody can bloody do that these days. Do you know what I mean? Might do that instead. You You don't have to be a doctor. 
Yeah, yeah, you should be a nurse, but people are not nurses, and they're just giving people. Just watch a YouTube tutorial or two, injections. and you can start your own business. <laughs> nah, yo, that's deep. Fuck that shit. How you? Be if someone like was gonna give you ten million pounds to have. The tiniest bit of heroin. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> would you do it? I would not. No, because think about it, then you'd want more and you have 10 million pounds. And, you'd and you could buy so much fucking heroin. And then, then you'd eventually probably go through. You'd probably end up killing yourself, let's be honest. That sounds, yeah. I don't think I do heroin for That's 10 million. That's the same because, thing that I told you. Like The guy, he said that he was doing it casually. Oh, yeah, you spoke about it before, I remember. Yeah, that. and he literally like, got addicted and you can see his decline and he just like was a heroin addict okay. for one sniff. What if? you could give your each of your children five million pounds yeah. and you had to take the tiniest bit of heroin so they can opt out because we have no children at the moment no but if i had children that's quite hard so you're giving them a great life and you have to do a bit of heroin where you may be then hooked Tiny. on it for the rest of your life or you might not be well, it just yeah but how do you know how much Effect a tiny bit exactly. I feel like y'all are gonna keep it. eating tuna and crackers with me. We all gonna be poor and not addicted to heroin. That's what we're gonna do. I agree, tuna and crackers all the way. Unless <laughs> I'm gonna do the little bit of heroin and they're gonna put me in a really great rehab and like, yeah, pay for it with their five million each. Oh, that would be that's we, a great yeah. option. I probably may go that's option C. I'll yeah. go with that one. But, I like no, but, but yeah. I've heard that the the rehab for like goes hard drugs is like horrible. Yeah, because you have to do the you have to do the withdrawal. Like, yeah, you have to do the, pur- the purge of it, and then the withdrawal is really hard, and then you have to like actually stick to it and stuff. And then all your life, you are an addict, whereas like you have to like, avoid it because you can slip. Like imagine having a relative addicted to like crack or heroin. That has to be really hard because you can't yeah, help Yeah, I them. can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. Or imagine if it was, say, like, your brother or sister mm. and they had an addiction problem with a Class A drug and, like, they used to steal from you and shit. And, like, imagine that. That would be so wild. Yeah, I've seen can't so imagine. many parents say that, like, they had daughters that are addicted to drugs and, like, they prostitute to get drugs. So right. the parents buy the drugs for them just so they don't prostitute because they can't, like, make them stop and i'm mm. like having to get to that Fuck. point where you decide to buy drugs for your child because you know that they're gonna like prostitute to get it has to be so hard to actually just get yourself to buy the drugs i know this is really bad but i just think when it gets to that point like you actually just have to not do that yeah yeah but a lot of parents can't yeah i get like, it yeah because they're their child yeah but i just think madness that that's some severe trauma right there for both parties. Yeah. Yeah, because what happens if you get cleaner? Your parents are traumatised by like what they've seen you do. Because that has to be hard for a parent to know that you're out here on the street, like, prostituting, mm. trying to get drugs. Especially if you have children and like, they know their grandchildren are, like, in this life with you. And you're just, like, obviously making children for, like, other people that are, like, crackheads or, like, drug dealers or something. Yeah. Like, that's just a horrible situation for to have to watch and then if you get clean and you have to look back on your life and like think about what you did and know you have to raise children and you have to like set an example and you know what's out there that has to be hard an amazing life lesson though like that's such a creep i, I can only mm. imagine how much of a struggle 
that would be getting clean and then having to like deal with all the shit that happened whilst you were a drug addict. Like you lost your children or you lost your house or you lost your parents or you lost whatever, like, or you lost your whole life and now you have to kind of be like, right. Yeah, and then especially if people know you to be an addict and you know how to like rebuild yeah. your reputation and like be able to do stuff because obviously if I see you on the street, like, you know, on the corner trying to sell yourself, I'm not going to want you to walk into my job interview. So it must be hard to like yeah. fix your life from there because you are known as this. Mm. Yeah. I often wonder what the life of a prostitute would be like, to be honest. I mean, you can watch interviews. And... Yeah, but do you know yeah. what? You mean to actually... Like, I, I played a and... prostitute, I mean, a porn star, right? And mm. so I was trying to do research into the character. And what I realised is that a lot of uh, information about sex work in the UK is not... It's not really there. It's mm. mostly about what it's like in America. Yeah. I've yeah. seen a lot about America and not so There much. is a lot of it here. It just doesn't get talked about as much. Right. But also it's you don't so... really see prostitutes like on the street that much. Yeah. You do see them like around here sometimes. I've been seeing them They used them to lately. have them in Nottingham. Nottingham yeah. Where, well, I never actually saw it, but I know many people getting approached by like really like horrible women. Like, and there was like, I remember seeing this video of this woman like flashing her boobs at the guys in the car and she was like old. Yeah. It's mad. It depends. It's normally the addiction takes you at any age, right? Yeah. Or you might not even be addicted. Maybe you're like, maybe you just have no other way of making money. Yeah, you just need to live. Yeah. Can't judge. Can't judge a person. You know what I mean? But it must be yeah. fucking hard out here. I want to I wanna kind of talk to one. Talk to someone that works, like, works in the sex industry. Yeah. That'd be really interesting to but to be fair i think a lot of people do work in the sex industry and they don't know they do and or they don't want to acknowledge that they do you yeah. know what i mean a lot of people want to openly talk about it and let's actually know only fans is different now not obviously not prostituting but like people but, are so much more confident to post and promote it now yeah but not even that i'm talking about like women who get paid to like go out with men and sleep with men yeah like that's sex work and i'm not talking about like prostitutes you see on the corner i'm it's talking about like escorting. yeah someone who looks very well put together yeah yeah you get paid more than the general prostitutes on the street like yeah doing fancy and you get treated nicely and, yeah or yeah. hopefully you get treated nicely but yeah like that's also sex work it'd be it's interesting. People are more accepting of sex work these days. Yeah. Have you noticed? Yeah. Yeah, people are it's more a bit wild. open. It is, I mean, I realise, like, I'm, I am, I'm, I guess we are in this generation where, like, we're not as open as the current, is it millennials? No. Gen Z. Gen, Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. Gen Z. Millennials is like. Us? Yeah, us. Yeah. Okay, Gen Z, they're like very open to everything. Just talking about everything, it yeah. doesn't matter. And like sharing their life like everywhere. Yeah, and just open. being like, I'm this, I don't identify as this, or I'm, yeah. I don't know, whatever it is. Whereas for me, when I was growing up, like, it was just like, sex, prostitutes are wrong. Having sex with someone for money is wrong. Like, being gay. I don't know about if it was wrong, but it wasn't as accepted. It wasn't really as yeah. talked about. It mm. was kind of still hush hush because I remember like 
primary school there was a boy in primary school here that had two mums and I remember like nobody used to address it and like we used to be asking like how come he has two mummies and they would be like some people just do and they just like kind of ignore it yeah. while they rest well. so I think it was just like not it was being seen more but it wasn't talked about whereas now it's like there was a there's a boy in an Elias old class who had two dads and like and it was just I think they got kind of not taught about it because he was too young but it was kind of talked about very openly and mm-hmm. if anyone had questions then they could speak about it but it's very it's it's I feel it makes me feel old to be honest because when people are so open and and talking about like who they are and like things that are kind of considered taboo to me it makes me have to question okay so like say for instance I'll give you an example because I'm doing this these plays and with a lot of creatives and they're very in touch with themselves and they're like yeah like I'm polyamorous and they're like in like actual relationships with like many people or like I'm non-binary and like I'd obviously heard of non-binary but I hadn't ever been around anyone that was Mm non-binary and now Mm -hmm. I am and I'm like oh shit like that's all wild it it takes me a while to get my head around and then it's like me asking myself like am I non-binary like do I (laughs) what like do I feel more masculine or feminine or do I feel both or like what do I what am I do you know what I mean whereas I'd never like questioned really that part of me yeah and I was so like into like toxic because that's all I'd seen like toxic masculinity from my dad from the people I chose to be in relationships with most of them like yeah you just that's that's what you see so you go and you follow yeah I kind of see even the divide in like generations between Giselle Mm. and I because obviously Giselle's not that much younger than me she's three years younger than me but even the way that we speak to our mother is like very Mm. different because I feel like we both kind of got different hers because she got her like teenage years with mommy after mommy was separated and it was kind of like a lot more open and like a lot of stuff had happened between us so we bonded differently and like we had a more open relationship with her whereas my teenage years were with mommy and daddy and like they were still very strict so it was still like very no going out with boys no like having a boyfriend is bad come home after school like don't do this don't do that no mm. drugs no alcohol no tattoos no piercings like blah 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 and so when I talk to mommy or like I hear Giselle talking to mommy very openly about like boyfriends and like all these relationship problems, I'm kind of like, oh wait, shit, like I can talk to you about that. Like, cause mm. I grew up with straight, like no boys, no mm, nothing. So yeah. I'm not going to talk about it. And then it's only as like, I see her and Giselle interacting. And I'm like, wait, I want this relationship too. Like I want to get in on this and then I'll come. But I still feel like awkward. So I'll hold back certain things. And then she'll like initiate it like i find she'll initiate it and be like oh when i was your age blah 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 happened and then i'm like wait we can talk about that like mm-hmm. oh I my gosh hear my story then and your mom does that as well yeah because obviously i when my parents broke up when i was young i've only really had a more kind of relaxed living with my mom my dad was the more of a strict parent mm. and it's only now as i got older i can probably talk to them about the similar things now because like but that's it's not so strict good. anymore. I'm like, and I, I have a really good relationship with both of my parents now, which I'm lucky for. But I did clash heads with my dad a lot because my mum would let me do something that my dad wouldn't. Mm. I had to like hide me getting like piercings and stuff. I remember when I got my belly button pierced and um, it was a really sunny day and I wanted to sunbathe and I was like, shit, I'm going to have to show dad. It was before holiday anyway. And then my dad would, wouldn't be happy with my mum. 
Yeah. And I'd come home like every other week, like a new ear piercing or something like that. But that was the worst of it, really. I definitely had those days. I wore on yeah. my parents over time. <laughs> my parents just gave up on me. Like, I remember it started, I got my second holes when I was, like, 12. And then I pierced my nose when I was, like, 14. And then I went and pierced, like, the top of my ear when I got a little bit older. And then I pierced, like, my belly button. And then I used to be dyeing my hair, like, crazy colors. I'd have, like, blue hair, pink hair, gray hair, blonde hair, red hair. Like, every week I would just do a different color. And it got to the point that, like, I remember I would be going to see my daddy and he'd be like, what colors are here this week? <laughs> and, like, it would yeah. always be different. And then I remember mommy was still kind of, like, hesitant and I started getting tattoos and she was like, yeah, you're going to have that forever. And I was just like, so, like, you don't care. And I would just, like, do all these things. But I think I was also rebelling because I had just come from, like, living with daddy and he was so straight that I was just like, let's just run and do everything because no one could stop me. And um, then I remember one day I called mommy and I was like, I'm going to pierce my nipples. And she was like, no, you're not. And I literally did it, and then a video called her in the room. And, like, Giselle was in the room with me, and then they called her. She was like, Joe, oh, my God, you're crazy. Why did you do that? And I was just like, <laughs> because, you know, like, living life is fun. And she was just like, oh, my God. And, like, she didn't get angry. She was just like, you were crazy. I would never do that. Oh, my God, it was hurt. And I was like, yo, I literally, like, I'm an adult now because I had to yeah. turn 18. I was like, I can do whatever I want. And I just did everything, like, I got all the piercings, all the tattoos, dyed my hair, whatever color it felt like, to the point that I'm now, like, I don't really feel like adding or taking away anything from myself, like, I've done it. Mm. And it was very liberating, it was, like, great, after I felt like life was shit for a while, and then I just, like, got away and I liberated myself and did all these crazy things that (laughs) now I'm kind of, like, probably shouldn't have gotten that piercing. (laughs) I wish I, um, I wish I had that relationship with my parents I didn't have it and I didn't do anything really I didn't do anything wild until I was like 19 I didn't smoke weed until I was 19 I smoke weed until I was 20 something (laughs) but I didn't do it a lot like it was occasional yeah like not like this obviously but like I didn't and I had been around loads of people with drugs and like one of my boyfriends was like always taking drugs and smoking weed and I was like no 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 so I was like quite a good girl and then I just thought yeah I remember even when Courtney came and she asked me about like if I knew where to get I was just like no why would I know that like oh my god when I came to Barbados yeah did I ask you you that yeah and I was just like what oh my gosh you're such a sinner (laughs) (laughs) and now here you are (laughs) Making a podcast, yeah, and smoking a spliff, yeah, because you know, why the fuck not? Yeah, I love that for you. It's my second time living, gotta wild out a little it's like bit. A rebirth, <laughs> yeah. But should you rebirth and be like super on it and like doing yoga and like drinking I kombucha? Feel- Sounds like it. <laughs> A lot of expectations. Yeah, I kind of feel like a lot of people have like expectations of what I should do now that I am starting to feel better where I'm just like, yo, I'm fucking tired, I need to chill. And like I keep thinking about oh my gosh, I could do this diet change, I could like do this with my hair, I could do this, I could like start fresh and be like this super woke, healthy person with plants in my house and I only drink like wearing kimonos rain water and then like (laughs) i'm like i could do that but then i'm like that is so much effort like i just want to be me if i feel like drinking 
piss water. I want to do that freely. Like, obviously, I don't. <laughs> but I just mean, like, I don't want anybody to give me, like, any expectations or boxes to be in. Because I'm like, yo, I just survived. And I feel like I should celebrate that by living my life however I want. I don't want to be in standards and societal expectations. I want to do what I want. Babes, fun. I feel you. I feel I really, you. really feel you. I love that for you. Yeah. And then I'll just, like walk in on instagram and like have my pants next to my bed like bob <laughs> we need to water but I'll take, I'll take care of bob when yeah know. courtney has to look after bob can't you put bob in your um you can't take in plants your suitcase. <laughs> take bob we don't and i'll send bob. you like updates <laughs> on bob. Like, look at bob he'll growing. be like the eighth plant in my room but, you know <laughs> I'm that plant person. That is me. No, Olivia, but I would get arrested if I tried to take more bugs if I was can't take plants. Because you might bring home bugs that kill the um, ecosystem. I don't know. Yeah, true. Got to think bring about that. British bugs. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> yeah, Bob has to stay. He would get destroyed. Let's be real. <laughs> what type of plant is it? He's a bamboo. Oh damn! You're gonna have loads of plants in your room. That'll be my last one. I just keep forgetting to water him if I'm honest. Oh my god, I'm going for a stage. I'm going for a stage. Why don't you put a reminder on your phone? I shall. Yeah. Um, but they seem to be surviving because you don't have to water them as much in winter, so we all good. Plants are surviving. My monstera plant at mine is doing really well. Her name is Bethilda Bagshot, named after the one and only Bethilda Bagshot in Harry Potter. And she's thriving. She is just growing and growing. I'm going to put her on a top shelf so she can just yeah, like my grow one. down. Mine needs that. cutting now if it's too young. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, but it'll Just put her cool. higher. That's the higher where shelf. Through the roof, <laughs> like, where is she supposed just, to put it? Let me just, just build it. another shelf. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get, I'll, you get a shelf, I'll put it up for you. So we can put, what's her, what's her name? Speckle, because it's got specks on it. Speckle, speckle. we'll put speckle <laughs> up on a high shelf near the ceiling. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, man, sounds like a plan. Poor Speckle. Right. Hmm? Why do we need to, like, name stuff, though? I've fully named, like, every plant that's been in my life. Rashad was growing something during quarantine, and we had it in the bedroom, so, like, girl. And her name was Tilly, and I was, like, really connected to her. And one day the curtain blew and broke her stalk. And I was like, Tilly's dead. Oh, my God. I love her. Apparently, that's really good for plants. Yeah, you have to, like, talk to them them and make them grow. I never do that. Maybe that's why mine don't really grow that much. I talked to my plants. What you said, yours was thriving. Yeah, but I'm not there. Your friends are probably talking to her. She's into fucking plant so she's probably chatting to it and then when I get back <laughs> Bethilda's just gonna go all brown and shrivel up like, you have to start again girl. for god's sake maybe I should start maybe I should maybe I should have therapy with my plants you literally can have therapy with anything sit around just start talking to it. and, and just, just chat. talk to them yeah that's a great plan I like that you're like how are you doing plant no me no. personally I'm names. not doing so great I know but I just had to say plant because it's like more than okay. one plant okay we we they're all named after Harry Potter characters. Okay, take that very seriously, Jaya. What are the other names? Uh, Luna Lovegood is my Lily. <laughs> and Fred and George Weasley, because I have two like ivy plants. So one's Fred, one's George Weasley. That is fantastic. I know. And I'm going to get a new one soon. And uh, do you know what? I was thinking, because Eli wants to do 
you know they like put they get to that stage in school where they put a bean yeah, and some the... wet tissue and then it sprouts <laughs> and whatever so he's been growing a plant and I thought let me do one and we can call it Harry we can just grow Harry Potter love that yeah and maybe we'll do Hermione and Ron and the other two can have them and then they'll just all grow together that's oh, fun. What a great story. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Just create her. One of mine's called um, John Snow. <laughs> because it's, it, I don't know how to say it, but it's got snow in its name. It's got like white pet feathers, so it's called John Snow. Oh, I like that. And then I've got Priscilla because she's spiky like a prick. <laughs> like, a, yeah. like a prick. She's spiky like a prick. And one's got really curvy leaves, so it's called Cavella. Cavella. Oh. Yeah, very fitting names, I know. The only Damn. thing I've ever named like that was Sage, which was a dog. Like oh, I named her. Sage no, I named her Sage because she was a red nose, and like you know, some she gonna shake it like a red nose. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's Sage the Gemini, and I was like, oh my She's god, Sage. yes. <laughs> Did Sage die? No, he had to. Um, somebody else has her. Oh. One of our friends, Sagey. Sagey. That's a nice name She's for fat a dog. I like the name Sage just in general. Yeah, I think Sage is a cute name. Yeah. Would I name my child Sage? No. Possibly. It doesn't fit with my brand of names. No, like it does building. not fit with the yeah. vibe. <laughs> Courtney is very, very passionate about that. I told her that I, I would fully name a child I don't Sage like after it. Sage. And he was like, well, I know, you know, you love her, so I have to support that. And I was like, really? I really yeah, hate when people have their kids' names and they give one kid, like, an exotic name and then it's, like... One kid, Fred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one like, kid's called, like... Tropical Breeze and then... <laughs> yeah. Like, called... Bob. Dan. Dan. Or... Daniel. Ben. <laughs> ben. Yeah. Because, so you know, true. maybe they just thought they were going to have one child and they had one specific name and they couldn't think of another name that good. So, mm. like, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to give you a generic name. You're going to be Sarah. You're going to be... Bill. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna meet Emily. <laughs> um I used to go to this like baby class with this woman and she's ended up ended up naming her child uh something rocket. I'll think of his name in a minute. Something rocket. Something rocket. His name is fit the word here, Rocket. And Double Barrel. Kitty uh, Storm. Kitty Storm is the girl. That's fun. And blah blah <laughs> rocket. Blah blah. Oh wait, I thought you were gonna say his name's actually. No, hopefully she doesn't listen blah. to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Freddie, Freddie Rocket, Freddie Rocket, Freddie Rocket, and Kitty Storm. Aren't those cool names? That's fun. Like Freddie Rocket. It just sounds like you should be like a singer. Like yeah, yeah. Freddie Rocket. This is Freddie Rocket. <laughs> Kitty does remind me of like posh. Middle class girls. I think Kitty I mean, Storm sounds like she'd be like Kitty, on a James these Bond. Are the kids. She'd be like on a James Bond. Um, what is it called the female female James Bond? Not a vigilante. <laughs> Not a vigilante. <laughs> What's the girl James Bond called? When you're the like a femme fatale. Oh, a femme fatale. <laughs> what about femme fatale? Right, Kitty, Kitty Storm. Storm sounds like a femme fatale, and Freddie Rocket sounds like a rock star. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, Freddie Rocket. I don't know. This I really like Kitty Storm, but I I hear what you're saying because her actual name is Kitty, I like without the storm, fun. it's Kitty, like Kitty India. I think that my <laughs> mummy has an aunt named Kitty. 
An aunt. An aunt. An aunt. An aunt. An auntie. An aunt. No, can we just say this? When people call their kids India, and then, and they are, and they are a middle class Caucasian family. Yeah. <laughs> One of them is called India. It just is quite interesting to me yeah that choice in name i think if you do that you have to get all the continents (laughs) what have one called india one called africa one called what are the geographical names the people kids? asia asia london europe london what is europe (laughs) (laughs) hi my name's europe i mean i wouldn't put it past some people i was just gonna say toronto like imagine just being fucking named toronto I can imagine someone being called Toronto. There probably is yeah. someone in Toronto. Like, no offense, Toronto, if you're listening. Yeah, for <laughs> real. We love your name. It's great. <laughs> there are like Calgary is also a funny place, and what? someone could be called Calgary. Cal- Calgary, that's a place in Canada. Calgary. Yeah, it is actually, yeah. Called, that sounds like someone would be named Calgary. I yeah, hate wait, the name. There are people named like Denver. There are people called. Texas. Texas. Yeah. Texas. But people have some crazy names. Mommy likes to say she clearly felt no birthing pains when she hears a name that is very old. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Why? Because she's like, how could it have hurt you? And then you push it out and name it like. (laughs) (laughs) Then name it something crazy. Yeah. I remember that I knew a girl called like Safari Sunshine. Wow. But, but. Her dad was a Rastafarian, so. Oh yeah, that happened. I was gonna say, do they work on a safari? (laughs) Was she conceived on a safari? (laughs) And was there sunshine? (laughs) There most probably was sunshine, but I don't know about the safari. (laughs) But isn't that a fun name? Yeah, if it's spelt like safari with the like, you know. No, it's literally spelt like safari as in normals. Yeah, with the eye. What even different spelling? No, I hate shit that's that is spelled like one that, way yeah. and then they yeah. someone's tried to jazz it jazz it up. Even though I've done it with my own child, but like you know what I mean. <laughs> I hate it. We don't like it. Yeah. She says hypocritically. No, um, but mine is the Arabic version. Fair enough. But you know, whatever. Still messes up a lot of people trying to it spell really, it. It really, really does. It even messes up himself, it messes up Elijah, it messes up everyone. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. I think we're done. Yeah, I think it's been our longest one. Yeah, I think yeah. we were just having a good time. We were just vibing today. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's because we haven't had a catch up in so long. That's why. Yeah, we just, it's like, been so real much good. Has happened in our life that we had to talk about because Nemi abandoned us. We're gonna be we're gonna be um recording more regularly. Yeah, soon. Uh, when my job my my job is gonna be over soon. So yeah, get ready for weekly podcast soon. Yes. But ta-ta, take care, toodle pip. We out. Adios. Hasta la luego. Great. Peace out, Aitanda. Bye.